1: Welcome to The Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, The Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
2: Welcome to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest today is Bob Berg. Uh, He is the author of several books. His latest book is called The Go-Giver, A Little Story About a a Powerful Business Idea. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. Uh, let's just start with a little bit of your background uh, before we start getting into what uh, GoGiver is all about.
3: Okay. I'm a former radio broadcaster, then television news anchor, who graduated into sales, uh, knew nothing about it and, and until I began to study it, learn it, apply it, and... Uh, once I did, had had some very good success in sales, worked my way up to sales manager of a company, and eventually began to teach others what was working for me, and it sort of morphed into a beaten career that I've been doing now for about 25 years.
2: Now, you say uh, that normally, when you're a salesperson or a business person, you think it's best to be a go-getter, but now you're saying it's better to be a go-giver instead. Tell me the difference between the two, and why is it better to be a go-giver instead of a go-getter? Uh, Well, it's not really a matter of being better or worse. I I don't see it as an either or as much as an and. Uh,
3: We love go-getters because go-getters are people who get things done. They take action. And, uh, you know, you as a successful businessman know, as well as anyone, you can have the best ideas, the the best thoughts, the greatest intentions, but without action put into the mix, nothing is going to happen. The good thing is that there's no there's no natural difference between a go-getter and a go-giver. Many go-getters are also go-givers. Every go-giver is also a go-getter. The opposite of a go-giver, Jordan, is is not a go-getter. The opposite of a go-giver is a go-taker, and that would be that person who feels almost entitled to take, take, take without having added value to the person, to the process, to the situation. When we when we say go-giver and use that term, we're simply talking about that person, that man or woman who has learned or who perhaps always intuitively knew that it's that person who can shift their focus, who can move from an I-focus or a me-focus to an other focus, uh, constantly and consistently providing value to others in a free market-based economy. That's the person who accomplishes the most.
2: Now, uh How is it that some people keep giving, but they don't get back? I mean, it it, it seems natural that you're going to get something back. But if you can keep giving things away, you know, people might take advantage of you. How can you make sure you're not taking advantage of to be a go-giver? Well, if someone is, you know, I,
3: I always like to say, if someone's a nice person and 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 being taken advantage of, it's not because they're nice. It's because they're doing things in such a way that allows them to be taken advantage of. Uh, being a go giver should never be confused with with uh, being a martyr, being self-sacrificial, or. Or, uh, being anybody's doormat. Uh, if you're, if you're giving value in the correct way, which simply means you're giving value to someone in a way that they see it as being of value, uh, then when you use all five laws of the go giver, you have to receive it, it, if, if you're doing it correctly. Uh, you know, as a matter, of, in fact, I would say if someone is giving, 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 and they're not receiving, they're not really a go giver. They're they're a giver, and they may be a nice person, but they're they're obviously not doing things correctly in the process that's inspiring people to want to do business with them and refer them to others.
2: You talk in your book at the beginning about the go givers, and then you begin with what you call the secret. Without giving away the book, <laughs> tell us what the secret is that you're talking about in that chapter.
3: Well, we were just talking about the the secret being being the focus on, on giving, the focus on providing value. And that's really what it is. It all has to do with, with focus, uh, because it's not a matter of giving or receiving. Uh, they are both important, and they are both part of the process, just as breathing out and breathing in are both part of the process. You can't do one without the other. Uh, in a free market-based economy, uh, uh, money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder to values lightning, but you must understand that it's the, the where the focus is, and and when your focus is on providing value to that other person, they feel good about you, they like you, they trust you, they they re, they're more likely to respect your judgment. And if what you offer fits their needs, they're going to do business with you. On the other hand, if your focus is not on giving but it's on taking, on getting, uh, then they're going to sense that. They're going to know that you're really not there for the purpose of providing value to them, and in that case, they're going to be less likely to do business with you.
2: Is this getting a lot of people's way? Uh, They they think they're givers, but in fact they're takers, and therefore they don't end up getting what they want? Oh, I think that does happen. I, I I
3: think you've got people who, you know, f- believe they're giving and, and, and even maybe believe they're focusing on the other person, but they're really not. They're, there's always an agenda in mind, and it's always there's always what I call an emotional attachment to getting back. And, you know, part of the key, and I think you bring up a great point, it's you know, when you give value to others, you need to do it in a way, that you you don't have that emotional attachment, but you also understand that as you do this, and as you're planting these seeds of goodwill, of great will with people, and you're 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 connecting with people in this way, what you're doing is you're creating what we call a benevolent context for your success. And as you do this these things are going to come back to you, not for some woo-woo, far-out reason, but for very legitimate, very concrete reasons. Hey, you know, when people feel good about you when they know you like you, trust you, when you're the go-to person because they understand the value you bring to the marketplace, they're going to want to do business with you. They're going
2: to want to be your, your ambassador. If you can provide value to somebody, uh, why is it that you can continue to provide value? For example, say you have a contact or you could arrange a contract with somebody. I mean, I I, I could see some people providing that contact, providing that connection. That's the value they provided. And then now the other two parties deal with each other, and you've got to get kind of cut out of the situation because you can't provide ongoing value. In in a situation like that, it seems like a a giver would get exploited. Um, Well,
3: I I don't think it would be exploited because they they would be going into that understanding that they probably, as a connector of two other people, uh, the reason they're doing it is for these two people to be able to benefit. But what's going to happen is these two people are going to feel so good about this person who connected them that you know they're going to have them, that person, in mind as well. And that's why when people are able to connect with others in such a way uh, that they They just increase their sphere of influence, what happens is you 've got almost that that uh, picture of the the bigger pie of abundance as opposed to a shrinking pie where you know for me to take uh, to want a bigger piece, well, that means you 've got to get a smaller piece instead it 's very, very realistic for people to all get together and be able to create a bigger pie because their focus is on providing value to those on their network.
2: Yeah, indeed. Okay, well, you have what you call um, the five laws of stratospheric stratospheric success, and let's start with uh, law number one. Uh, Tell me what law number one is. Yes, uh, law number one is the
3: law of value, and the law of value says that your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, when someone first hears this, uh, it, it might sound like, wow. I mean, that sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy. How do you, how do you give more in value than you take in payment and stay in business and it survive, never mind thrive? And so we, we simply need to understand the difference between price and value. Uh, price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It, uh, it is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product-service concept idea, that brings with it so much worth that someone will willingly exchange their money for it and be just ecstatic that they did while the seller makes a very, very nice profit? And you know, very quickly, we could just take the the concept of, a, of an accountant who does your taxes and charges you a $1,000. That's his fee or his price. But in exchange, the value he provides, well, he saves you $5,000 in taxes. He saves you 20 hours of time and provides you with the peace of mind and security of knowing it was done correctly. So we see, first of all, that, that value can be concrete in terms of the $5,000 savings as well as conceptual in terms of the peace of mind what he did is he gave you uh, well over five thousand dollars in value in exchange for a thousand dollars he gave you more in value than what he took in payment so you feel terrific about it and again he made a very very healthy profit
2: so i guess the important part if you're in the selling position is to sell the value more than the price is that right
3: Perfect that is absolutely it, especially in today's day in today's economy, where people are trying so hard to you know to to pull back and be the lowest price, unless you're a Walmart that's probably not a good value proposition for you. You need to sell on value. When you, you know, low, selling on low price is a race to the bottom that's very difficult to win. And I, I truly believe, Jordan, that when you sell on price, you're looked at as a commodity. When you sell on value, you're a resource.
2: So how can you, probably a lot of people don't even understand what value they offer, what, what unique Value that they can provide, which gives them an advantage and not a commodity uh, compared to other people offering similar services. How do you kind of figure out what your value is?
3: That's very true, and that is one of the biggest challenges many people have, and it's one reason why they short sell, why they sell themselves short. See, uh, you know, people will say, "Well, gosh, I, I have a good product or a service," but let's face it, it's a commodity. It's things that other people can offer too, and there's no question that. that definitely is, is true in today's day. Uh, so what you need to do is you need to be that extra value. How do you provide that value? How do you communicate that value? Is it through excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, appreciation? Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, one of my favorite stories is, is Amy who sells wedding dresses, and, uh, you know, she, she works in a, a, an industry that the first thing people do is they say, or they come in and they say, what's the discount you can give me? And she made a decision after actually after attending one of my seminars. She said, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to sell on value. And what she did is she and her team put together all the, the the asset, what she calls assets of value, that they can offer to a customer, and now they do not discount prices, and they've been making an extra $10,000 a month, adding that to their bottom line. And the kinds of customers and referrals they're getting now are people who are letting others know, hey, you're not going to get a discount, but she's going to give you such extreme value that you're going to love the experience. And that's really where we want to go with it.
2: Very okay, We're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman with the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Bob Berg. Uh, He is a speaker and author. His latest book is called The Go Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea. We'll be back after this.
4: Always talk in business. Talk to an expert. Call now toll free 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for The Leader and the Muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Leader and the Muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level. Are you and your
3: family in debt? Today, over 40% of American households are spending more than they make. And that means our society is getting deeper and deeper in debt. Escape the debt trap. With host and attorney Kenneth Neely is here to help you avoid the problems involved with debt, including rebuilding credit, filing bankruptcy, short-selling your home, resolving IRS tax problems, and much more. Escape the Debt Trap airs live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America
4: Business Channel.
0: If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Joke All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk.
4: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Bob Berg. Uh, He is a
2: a leader around the world. He's a speaker and he's an author. His latest book is called The Go-Giver a little story about a powerful business idea. Welcome back to the show, Bob. Thank you, Jordan. Great to be here. So we have five laws that you're talking about, the five laws of stratospheric success. The first one you talked about was the law of value. Uh, the uh, second one is what you call the law of compensation. Why don't you define that and explain what the law of compensation is?
3: Sure. The law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve, and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you add that kind of extraordinary value to, uh, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. Uh, The person in our first example, the accountant, did a great job of giving more in value or use value than what he took in payment or cash value. Uh, and so if you're his client, you feel great about the transaction, would do business with him again, and most likely refer him to others. Well, his other clients feel the exact same way. So our accountant is very quickly amassing what we call an army of personal walking ambassadors. And as he continues to add that kind of exceptional value to the lives of more and more people, his income will continue to grow and it's the same for anyone in any business whether it's the accountant whether it's a banker chiropractor electrician dentist whether it's the person selling real estate or computers or for printing design what have you it's 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 great to provide that exceptional value that's the core principle that we've got to be able to do, but that's not enough and one of the care, one of the mentors in the story, the one we call the CEO Nicole, she tells Joe the protege in the story, that law number one represents your potential income, but law number two represents your actual income because it's not just providing exceptional value it's also reach it's also impact. It's 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 being of value to many, many people. So you can say you, you could say that exceptional value plus significant reach equals very high compensation.
2: So how can a lot of people have exceptional reach unless they have access to the media or some way of reaching a lot of people. If you're a local accountant, you can provide your accounting services to a few people there. You can't reach kind of nationally. I mean how can a lot of people have a broader reach than they may seem available today? Well, this is really
3: where referral-based business comes into play and why that's so important, uh, because let's face it, we all know word of mouth is is very important, and and that happens when you have the kind of relationship where people feel so good about you, they know you, they like you, they trust you, they want to refer you to others. And referred business is so important and it's so valuable for the, the, the following reasons. Uh, number one, referred prospects are easier to set the appointment with because you're going in on... Borrowed influence. <laughs> uh, number two, with referred prospects, um, price is less of an issue. Now it's not a non-issue. It's not a you know it's not something they don't care about, but it's less of an issue because they're pre-sold on you. They're again borrowed influence, borrowed trust. So you can now, as we referred to earlier, you can sell on value rather than on price. Uh, the third reason is with referred prospects. It's simply easier to complete the transaction or close the sale because they've got the benefit of indirect experience with you. That's where someone who they know, like, and trust has, has said, hey, this person's okay. This is a person to do business with. And then the fourth reason perhaps trumps the ball, and that's this. Referred prospects are already of the mindset that that's how you do business because that's how they met you. So to them, in their world and their paradigm in their belief system, you meet Prospects through referral. You sell on value rather than price. You complete the sale, and then you are referred to others. So it's a very natural part of the process for them. And that's that's basically in a a bricks and mortar's world how you um, how you are able to touch more people's lives. Now you know nationally, there's there's your or locally, there's your blog posts, there's social media. There are all these different ways that give us the opportunity. To connect with more and more people, Jordan. As long as we remember that it's still all about the relationship. It's not the. It's not the medium itself.
2: You, in fact, have done a lot on this whole topic of referrals. Uh, you've done a book called "Endless Referrals: our uh, Network for Everyday Contacts into Sales," and then you have a, a, a special report out called "Referrals: Fun and Simple." Just give us a brief idea from those books about some ways that people can do better in getting referrals. Well, you know, one of the things
3: is let's say that you have a person who you, who you are doing business with, and it's bridging into asking for referrals in such a way that, that it, 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 there's a comfort level to it. It's saying to your client, you know, Dave or, or Mary, I'm in the process of expanding my referral business, and I find it's helpful to partner with my clients such as you. If we take a few quick minutes and run past the names of some people, I might also be able to help. And when you've got their buy-in to doing this, now it's a matter of not saying, do you know anyone who, or who do you know? Who could, because what happens is they can't think of anybody, and so what they do is they think about it in earnest, but they say, oh, you know, I, uh, gee, uh, Jordan, I, I, I can't think of anybody right now, but when I do, I'll call you. <laughs> you know, and they're not going to call because out of sight, out of mind. But what if, and I, I first learned this from another great book, a great sales teacher by the name of Tom Hopkins, in his book, How to Master the Art of Selling. Now, this is 30 years ago, and this has served me for all that time, and that is to funnel down people's worlds into small groups of people they can see. So let's say your your client is uh, is, is Ann, and you, and you know Ann is an avid golfer. And she golfs every Sunday, and she's told you this. And you say, Anna, who do you golf with? And she says, well, uh, gee, I, uh, I golf with the same people every time, Harry Brown, ha- uh, Michael Cloud, Dr. Mary Ruart. The four of us have been golfing buddies for years. Well, now that's three people she has just identified. So now you can say, hmm, would Harry or, or Michael or Dr. Mary, uh, do you feel any of those would be open to the idea of? Boom. Now, maybe yes, maybe no. You know she's also a member of her uh, local. Uh, NABO Group, National Association of Women Business Owners. And so you don't ask, is there anybody in the group? It could be too big a group, but instead you, you say, is there anyone within the group you sit next to each, each month or that you serve on the board with? So again, what you're doing is you're, you're giving people small, uh, small groups of people they can identify in their mind. And once that happens and you've received a couple of referrals, now you can open it back up and go a little bit wider because what you've done is you've created the context for them to succeed and be able to think of people and that's just you know that's one of the many ways uh, to be able to to begin to uh, to open up to referrals
2: tell people a little bit about your website and how they can find some of the resources that you
1: offer
3: uh, at Berg.com, burg.com, dot com, they can actually download a, a chapter of The Go-Giver and Endless Referrals, which you were kind enough to mention, uh, as well as they can go to my blog, which has about 400 archived articles, including videos and audios, and they can connect with me on social media there. So we welcome people to come to com and hang around and have some fun.
2: Excellent. Okay, the third law is what you call the law of influence. So let's describe what that is and how that works. Yes,
3: the law of influence says that your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, again, this one sounds kind of productive at best and perhaps downright Pollyanna-ish at worst. And yet, you know, Jordan, this is how every great leader, how every Fantastic influencer. How every over-the-top producer conducts their lives and runs their business. They they understand this basic law that was that was taught by uh, um, Ernesto and Sam to Joe in the story, and that's what we call the golden rule of business. And it simply says, all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know like. And trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you and others than by than by temporarily, if you will, suspending your self-interest, stepping outside yourself, shifting to that other focus, and just asking yourself, how can I provide value to their lives, to their business? And the people who do that, wow. What a, what a difference they find in their business.
2: So you're saying that people who are benefiting from your influence are so impressed they'll find a way to pay you back in some way? Well,
3: you know, I'm not sure that it's necessarily a, a payback type of thing as much as what you're doing is you're becoming such a vital, important, value-based part of that person's life that they want to provide value to you as well. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, again, it just goes into creating that, that what I call benevolent context of success. It's not that you're giving this value with an agenda that you have to get back from this person. You you, you need to be able to lose attachment to that in the process while understanding that as you do this constantly and consistently, uh, it makes total logical sense that, that this does come back to you.
2: In some cases, it may not be direct. In other words, the person that you're helping influence doesn't have anything to get back to you, but maybe somebody that they know that's something well, exactly. To get back to Remember, we were talking
3: earlier. You brought up that point when you connect two other people, <laughs> you know, and and it may not come from one of those, but, but you know, that other person might be saying to somebody else when they hear that that person needs what you offer. Hey, you know who really is a, a great person? In the fact, he even or she even connected with me with so and so. Now, that's also why you know it, why good follow up is important. You need to be able to position yourself as the go to person. Again, none of this means you simply. Uh, do good things and cast it off and in hope no it has nothing to do with that um, it 's part of a you know an ongoing all encompassing strategy at the same time. The basic principles basically do say that to the degree that you can develop these know like and trust relationships with the most people the the more good is going to come to you
2: and this works both if you 're working inside a company as an employee as well as if you're outside an entrepreneur trying to sell into a company is that right
3: yes uh, exactly and and you know that's why uh, John my co-author John David Mann who really is such a uh, did such a, a wonderful job in the story aspect of the book. That's why we say it's so important when you're in a company to be an entrepreneur. If you're not an entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur. Understand that, that if you're employed by a company, who's your client? Your boss, your employer, your supervisor, those within the organization. And to the degree that you can continually give more in value uh, you know, than, than what you were doing, you're going to make yourself more valuable, serve more people, And that's when, again, uh, the results happen.
2: Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Bob Berg. Uh, He's just come out with a new book called The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea. And we'll be back after this.
0: Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
4: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. Jordan Goodman, your guest, your host here. My guest today is Bob Berg. Uh, he is a uh, author, a speaker. His latest book is called The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea. Welcome back to the show, Bob. Thank you, Jordan. Having a lot of fun. Thanks for having and me with again, you. And uh, again, tell people how they can find out more about the book. Sure. If you visit Berg.com, which is
3: dot com, they can actually download chapter one of the book. And while they're at the site, they can connect on my blog or connect with me on social media.
2: Very good. Okay, we've talked, we're have talked. we talking about the five laws of stratospheric success we're talking about in the book. Uh, the first law being a law of value law of compensation, the law of influence. And now tell us, what is the fourth law of stratospheric success?
3: Uh, Yes, this one is the law of authenticity. And the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. In the story, Deborah Davenport, one of the characters, she learned a very, very important lesson, and that is all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are indeed very, very important, they're all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. Now, when you do people respond to you in a very positive way. They're much more likely to feel good about you, to like you, to trust you, to want to do business with you. They respect people who are consistent, who show up the same way day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Now, I think at the same time, Jordan, people these days have really gotten to be a lot more sophisticated, and they can very quickly tell when someone not only is not coming from a Uh, from a a sense of integrity, whereas Gandhi said it's when everything you think, everything you feel, everything you say, everything you do are in alignment, but rather when that person is sort of a, uh, I guess the the correct Latin term would be phonus balonus, you know, when they're not really being honest and, and true to themselves and true to their core. And I think what happens a lot of times is these people not being authentic is not so much a matter of their, their wanting to pull the wool over anyone's eyes, although you start, you know, it's a big world, you certainly have all sorts of people, and let's face it, some people are, are good at it, and they can get away with it for a while. But the ones I'm talking about are really the ones who, in a sense, they don't show up authentically mainly because they don't understand the true value that they bring. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this earlier, not really understanding our our value. And I I think that most people, I think as human beings, we, we have two types of value. We have intrinsic value just by being born. But I also believe we all have a certain market value. And those are the unique skills, talents, and abilities that we bring to the marketplace that can help serve the market and add value to the market, which, again, results in uh, abundance for us as well. And when we ask the question, well, why wouldn't someone know? Why wouldn't someone really understand the value they, they bring, that market value? And I think a lot of it, Jordan, goes into the fact that people are so emotionally involved with themselves they're so close to themselves they don't recognize certain things now whether this person has a natural talent uh or whether they put on their 10,000 hours of deliberate practice as gladwell talked about in outliers or jeff colvin talked about in his book talent is is, is overrated what's happened is by this time whether natural or learned or as usual a combination of both They're so close to it now, they really don't see it. I can't tell you how many times I've mentored someone, and I'm sure you've had the same experience, where this person has said something or done something, and I said, wow, that's brilliant, that's fantastic. And they said, no, 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 everybody knows this, or everybody does that. And they weren't being falsely modest. They really didn't understand how exceptional this was, because to them, it's just the way it is, so everybody must be like that.
2: So many cases, people do not understand their own authenticity or their own value, and it has yeah. to be brought up with a, a mentor or some kind of a third party.
3: Yeah, and, that, and, I, and that's why I do think it is important for all of us as human beings to be able to counsel with people, whether it's a formal coach or mentor or, or an informal one or just someone who's you know close enough to you but not so close that they kind of can get in the way because they also are emotionally involved and they can't see the forest for the tree. So. So I think that's one thing that keeps people from really tapping into their authenticity, and that is not understanding how valuable they are. And in the story, Deborah Davenport said, said that when it comes right down to it, you are enough. Now, this should never be misconstrued in that saying, you know, you are enough. This should never be misinterpreted to say that we don't want to improve or that we shouldn't keep learning and improving. Because that's also very important uh, not to be not to be satisfied with where we are, but to keep on uh, stepping into an even greater sense of authenticity and developing ourselves as a better, more effective person and we can do this uh, the the sages asked, well who is a who is a wise person?" and they answered that person who learns from all others and fortunately, whether it's through mentoring or through books or through attending programs or listening or, or you know, whatever, we can learn. And the the key to this, and I think this is so important, it's to learn from others, uh, adapt their wisdom into your life, but don't try to be them. (laughs) You know, in other words, adapt, don't adopt. Adapt their wisdom, don't try to adopt their personality. Stay true to your own authentic core, because all you can be is the best person that, that you can be.
2: What if somebody doesn't feel that good about themselves? I mean, you're talking about a very positive situation where people feel very good about themselves, their authenticity, they've got all this value. What if somebody is in a position they don't have, feel they have a lot of value or they don't like their authentic self? Is, is it possible to turn somebody around like that? Well, it is, but first they have to understand
3: that they do need to work on this. Uh, it's certainly awareness is the is the first step. They need to be aware that this is a challenge, and that they they don't necessarily feel good about themselves. And you know, I think we all have doubts about ourselves from time to time. I don't think that's anything unnatural. Um, at the same time, we need to be able to like ourselves enough to want to tap into the strengths and help develop them. So, if someone really just doesn't feel good about themselves, then my suggestion is that they do get professional counseling, professional help. They they uh, connect with someone who can help them because, hey, you know, life is supposed to be good, and it's supposed to be feeling good about yourself. And and there's no reason to live a life where you don't enjoy yourself as a person.
2: Very good. And then your fifth, uh, tell us what the fifth law of stratosphere success is. Well, law number
3: five is the law of receptivity. And the law of receptivity says that uh, the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. In the story near the end, uh, Pindar, the main mentor, asked his uh, protege, Joe, to breathe out and hold that breath to the count of 30. Well, Joe tried, but in very quick time, he, he ran out of air. He began to ran out of, run out of air. He began to, to gasp for breath. And Pindar said, what's the matter, Joe? Can't do it. And, and Joe said, no, I can't just breathe out. I've got to breathe in as well. And Pindar jokingly asked, well, Joe, what if I was to tell you that it's been medically proven that it's actually healthier to breathe out than it is to breathe in? And Joe laughed he said well that 's silly you know you, you, you can't do one or the other you've got to do both you 've got to breathe out and breathe in well exactly. Uh, we breathe out and we breathe in. we do both it 's not one or the other. We breathe out we uh breathe out which is is giving we breathe in, which is receiving giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin, and they work." best in it works best in tandem in fact when you think of it to focus on just one side of the equation while trying to minimize the other is really an exercise in, in in futility uh because all giving is made possible only because it's also a receiving and all receiving is made possible only because it's it's also a giving and all the, the giving in the world, and again, uh, just so we can define our terms, when we say giving, we mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. All the giving in the world, as great as it is, and it is, it's fantastic, but all the giving in the world is all for naught if you're not willing and able to allow yourself to receive. In is the this a
2: measure. problem for a lot of people, though, that, that they are offered... Uh, chances to receive something and they refuse it, they don't kind of see it's there as a potential to be received.
3: Yeah, well, that's something that often when people do that, when they don't allow themselves to receive, uh, the reason is because of an unhealthy relationship with money. Uh, and the insidious thing about it is that this unhealthy relationship with money is, is typically unconscious, we don't even realize that we have it. Uh, and it's easy to see when you really get into the subject, into the topic, when you really explore it, it's easy to see why people have unhealthy relationships with money. If you look at the messages that we receive, uh, most people, a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television, movies, the messages we get are messages of lack thinking, not abundance thinking. The messages we get are that the, the, the that there are two types. In fact, look at any really big-selling hit movie, Jordan, and you'll see there are typically two types of people. There are the good people who are usually portrayed as poor and struggling, but happy. They're always poor, but happy. And they're always being picked on, put down, stepped on, stepped over, and taken advantage of by who? The rich people who are mean and cowardly and have no soul. And we see these messages just portrayed again and again and again. It's no wonder, you know, that people grow up and they have this feeling like, oh my god, hey, how many times were you asked when you were a kid by some, by a friend, hey, when you grow up, uh, do you want to be wealthy or happy? As though it's one or the other. And that's what John David Mann and I call the treacherous dichotomy. It, it can also be called the false dilemma, which is the unnecessary use of the word or. Why would it be wealthy or happy? Why not both? How about being wealthy as a result of providing value to other people? But that's not the message that we get in society. Uh And so, you know, because of that... Uh, On an unconscious level, people don't feel good about having, uh, about the idea of money, as though there must be something wrong with it. So I think there's a lot of work in that area people need to do uh, in order to change that, uh, you know, kind of change that thought process.
2: So you mean that a lot of people are missing opportunities to receive because they're not open to it? Uh, Exactly,
3: absolutely. And I, I can't tell you how many emails John and I both received from people after that, yeah, after the book first came out saying, you know, things like, wow, that chapter, for the you know, showed me for the first time that it's actually okay to receive. Well, yeah, it's okay to receive. If you provided value to others, it's absolutely great to receive.
2: Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Bob Berg. He is an author, <coughs> speaker. His website is berg.com, B-U-R-G.com, and his latest book is called The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea. We'll be back after this.
0: Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now, toll free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
3: Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America
4: Business Channel. Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business
1: you've been listening to the money answer show with jordan goodman if you have a question for jordan or his guest please call us now at 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 now back to jordan welcome back to the money answer show this is jordan goodman your host my guest this hour is bob
2: bird Uh, he's a speaker an author uh, his website is Bob, uh, is Berg.com, B-U-R-G.com. His latest book is called The Go Giver, A Little Story About a Powerful Business Idea. Welcome back to the show, Bob. Thanks, Jordan. We've gone through the different, uh, stratospheric laws of success, just to briefly go over them. We have the law of value, compensation, law of influence, law of authenticity, and receptivity. We've gone over all these. Uh, kind of related to us well, is what you call the law of left field. Uh, what is that about? Well, you know, it's an
3: interesting thing because you and I have, have, have chatted through the show about how, you know, when you, when you put these great things out there and when you continue to add value to people's lives, there's, there's things that come back. And you don't always know where they're going to come back from, which, which again, doesn't mean that this is anything uh, la-la or, you know, way out there. It just means that, hey, you don't always know where your influences spread. And John David Mann, my co-author and I, we call this concept the Law of Left Field. And the Law of Left Field simply says that the greatest gifts will come to you at moments and from places you least expect. But what does that really mean, and and how does that work? Well. When living our lives and conducting business according to these these principles, all sorts of value showers down upon us from that that unnoticed, unseen place. Uh, examples: you find a, a critical lead, you receive a, a, a crucial uh, referral, or you 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 make a, a, a powerful. Uh, and crucial last-minute connection that results in a really, really lucrative new client. A golden opportunity drops suddenly right into your lap, or some incalculably valuable thing comes your way, but not from the people or places you might have expected or even hoped for. In other words, you might have even said to yourself, wow, that one came right out of left field. Well, <laughs> you know, when, when living with a a I guess you could say a giving spirit, which which really just means focused on creating value for others. Great value comes to you suddenly and unexpectedly and in amounts far greater than what anyone owes you. But here's the thing, and this, Jordan, I believe this is so vitally, vitally important to understand. There's absolutely nothing mystical. There's nothing magical about it. You can't know where these gifts will come from only because you can't know exactly where your influence has spread, but spread it has. You've planted so many seeds of goodwill, of great will. So many people know you, like you, trust you, want to see you succeed, want to be a part of your life, that the world has now become, again, what we call a benevolent context for your success. And while you can't necessarily see its operation, there is indeed cause and effect. The cause is giving, the effect receiving. And each and every person, everyone listening to this can tap into this, what we call the the law within a greater law, because really it's just part of the law of receptivity, and utilize this for the benefit of everyone whose lives they touch, and for their own lives as as well. How? Well, you know, you go back through the laws and you just find more. Better creative ways to give more in value than you take in payment you touch more and more people 's lives with the exceptional value you provide you increase and expand your influence through your willingness to place other people's interests first you stay congruent with your true authentic core and again you understand you embrace the fact that giving and receiving are are two sides of the same coin neither one is is better or more righteous than the other it 's just that when you focus on giving value to others and you allow the receiving, as we talked about earlier, now great things are going to happen, and you're going to live that life of abundance that you really, really deserve.
2: Now, you've come out with another book related to this called The Go, that Go-Givers Sell More. Uh, how does all of what you were just talking about affect your ability to be successful as a salesperson? Um, yeah, we just really took
3: the the principles, the laws of the Go Giver, and we first of all we had so many people writing in after the Go Giver came out that yes, they've used they've used these laws and it's increased their business dramatically, and here's how they did it, and they were sharing their stories with us, which you know we we love, and we put that into into the book, so it's not a story like the Go Giver is. This is more of a. Uh, it's more an application-based of how the laws are really used in order to become a much more effective salesperson. And what is sales other than finding ways to provide value to your potential customers and clients? And, you know, the first thing we really did, Jordan, is at the beginning of that book, we we kind of – uh, upended some myths of selling because selling gets such a bad rap. Uh, uh, you know, people think, well, gosh, selling is about taking advantage of others. It's not. It's giving people more advantage. Or ta- selling is trying to uh, talk someone into buying something they don't want or need. And of course, it's just the opposite of that. It's finding out what someone does want or need and helping them to get it. But here's the, here's the interesting thing that people think, well, isn't sales about taking? No, sales is about giving, and we could say that that's literally true. So I was like, well, what do you mean literally? Don't you mean figuratively true? No, literally true, because the old English root of the word sell was salan, which meant to give. So when you're selling, you're giving. Now, someone could legitimately ask, well, isn't that just uh, you know semantics? And I'm going to say, I don't believe so, and here's why. Uh, and and I ask my audiences this, when you're in the selling process, when you're in front of a prospect, when you're in the selling process, what are you giving? I suggest you're giving time, attention, counsel, education, empathy, and most of all, value. So when you're selling, you're giving, and you should be very proud of what you're doing.
2: And you're saying a lot of people in sales don't feel that way. I think, yeah,
3: I think you bring up a great point. It's not only, uh, you know, the general public that doesn't feel that way. A lot of salespeople feel that way, and they don't have the confidence to uh, – see that's why you hear salespeople sometimes if someone says, well, are you in sales? And they say, well, yeah, but not real. I mean, I- I'm in sales, but I don't really sell. I, I help people. Well, <laughs> that's fine, but what they're saying, the basic premise there is that selling isn't about helping people. And there's a disconnect there. And if somebody is in selling and is in the field of selling and they know they're in selling, but they're ashamed of being in selling to the point that they don't want to admit that's what they're doing, that's going to hurt their sales because there's a disconnect there. And that's why I like people to know when you're in selling, you know, and I'm not talking about a con artist, I'm talking about a professional salesperson. When you're in selling, you are providing a service to others. And you're the person who makes this economy work, who makes this economy run.
2: In wrapping all this up, you say that uh, you cannot control the overall economy, but you can control your personal economy. How is that true? In a time of economic uncertainty and and, uh, drama for a lot of people, how can putting uh, the principles we've talked about, the laws we've talked about here, apply to allow people to control their own economy?
3: That's such a great question, and and we do need to understand that there are things we can't control. We cannot control the overall economy because we can't control – Uh, you know, all the nonsense that goes on in Washington. What we can do is we can control ourselves, we can control our business, we can control the way we do business, and what happens is, typically, Jordan, in a, a, a bad economy or a slow economy, you've got people pulling back, trying to give the least value they can to justify the money that they're receiving. Whereas, what we would suggest people do is continue to ask, how can I give the most value in exchange for what I'm bringing in. Continue to give as much in value as you can. Again, this doesn't have to cost money. There are many ways to be able to provide value and, just as importantly, communicate value to others. Now, you still might have to work harder than you were before for the same income or a little bit more or for that market share. But I'll tell you what, when you do this and you focus on providing value rather than on holding back, then what's going to happen is not only are you going to survive now, but you're creating the context for you to, for you to thrive when the market does come back.
2: Very good. Well, my guest has been uh, Bob Berg. Uh, his new book is called The Go Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea. Uh, His website is berg.com, B-U-R-G.com. He has a lot of uh, social media and blogs and ways to get him as a speaker, all kinds of ways of uh, helping people. Uh, He's providing value himself on his own website. So thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Bob.
3: Jordan, I appreciate you so
2: much for having me. Thank you. Thanks again. We'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now.